Welcome to the Enterprise Knowledge Cast. This is a look into the world of knowledge management, information management, data management, and everything else in between. It's brought to you by Enterprise Knowledge. I'm Zach Wall, founder and CEO of EK. Uh, today, we're speaking with Patrick Cleary, manager of knowledge management at DraftKings. Very cool company. Patrick, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you joining. Patrick, why don't you give yourself a little bit of an introduction? How did you get into KM and how would you describe a day in the life? So I am the manager of knowledge management at DraftKings. DraftKings is a sports entertainment company. We were focused on daily fantasy sports. Uh, now we're working into the sports book world, which is betting on sports, which has just become available in many states in the United States. I'm not a traditional knowledge manager, or at least I didn't get into knowledge management in a traditional way. I was working as a graphic designer at a uh, consulting firm. It was business consulting, so it was sort of like a McKinsey or Bain, but on a smaller scale. They did have a pretty robust knowledge management department with a CKO, with a chief knowledge officer. She used a lot of our services in the graphic design department, especially for charting and analytics, visualizations, et cetera. And in working with her and with her team, when she had an opening for a knowledge editor position, she asked if I would be interested. She liked how I organized her workload, the files that came in, how I displayed the workflows that were coming through her team. And I had been in graphic design for a while, and I didn't necessarily want to continue on that path. So I took a chance, started as a knowledge editor. And after I exited that consulting firm, I joined a much smaller consulting firm who, much like almost every other position I've gotten since then, they went to a recruiter and said, we need somebody to organize our content. And we don't know what the position title is for that. Do you know what that would be? And they landed on Knowledge Manager, and that's where I am right now. Excellent. Um, now, that's changed a little bit from my view. Uh, my sense is that organizations are waking up or becoming more aware of what KM is and why they need it. Are you seeing that too? Or are you still finding that, that it's a, somewhat of a circuitous route to you for these organizations? Honestly, I think that knowledge management really had a heyday from the late 90s until about the early 2010s. That's when I saw a lot more awareness about knowledge management in the fields, especially field of consulting. Of course, in law firms, uh, knowledge management is quite well known. But in the general zeitgeist, knowledge management has kind of fallen by the wayside as technology has improved, or at least in my viewpoint. I think that knowledge managers are seen almost like indexers for Yahoo would be seen back in the day when everything was indexed by human eyes, right? So uh, it used to be that you would need a knowledge manager to create your systems of tagging, metadata, labeling, really that content management portion of it. And so many organizations really do think that knowledge management begins and ends with content management, such that content management systems or content management strategies, software packages are expected to pick up so much of the slack of what one or two knowledge managers could do. So I find a lot of places are relying much more on project managers or team leads, even uh, in technology fields, uh, some scrum masters, they're all looking for systems that can take the place of a full-time employee to do this kind of work. So I think that it's still just as needed. It's just that 
like a lot of different systems in traditional business settings, it's expected that the software is going to take care of it for us. Yeah. So there's there's something to really like in what you just shared and something that that I don't like at all. The the thing to like is the fact that organizations are looking at different people to do KM, right? It should be the job of scrum masters and project managers and people who own content and people that do business. That's great. But the idea of doing that in lieu of having a dedicated KM professional is not ideal, right? And I think we've seen too many times that that just doesn't work for an organization. So before we get too far, talk to me about what your definition of knowledge management is. It's one of those things I always like to ask because even from KM professional to KM professional, it can really vary. You scratch the surface of this by telling us what it's not, but why don't you tell us what is KM from your view? For me, it's uh, using the entire organization over time using the learnings of everybody within that organization to set the policy, procedures, understanding of your field, understanding of the world, and to arrange all of the content, learnings, conversations in a way that everybody can access them easily, and to set procedures for capturing that in a as seamless and as painless a way as possible. Which isn't a very academic way of saying it, I know. Oh, well, that's why you and I are going to get along. Because I think <laughs> that, you know, the, the reality is that effective KM is done in the field. It's done by practitioners. It's not done by people that uh, know the ins and outs of all the academics of KM. So it sounds like you have, like, you, you kind of stumbled into this, right? You figured out what KM was. Sometimes it wasn't even called that when you were being asked to do it. Do you still find that there's that challenge, that there's that struggle within, say, DraftKings at this point, where people don't really understand what knowledge management is or what it's for? Or is that clear now? I think that individually, individual companies really do set what their knowledge management policies are. And like I said, it really begins with content management. I find that I'm brought in quite often to the the positions that I've had where I'm brought in as usually the only knowledge manager, at least to begin with, to get the content management systems organized, to set up a knowledge base. There's a lot of software companies that will bring in a knowledge manager for setup and maintenance of a knowledge base or a series of knowledge bases. And beyond that, it's then growing the, the understanding of what actual knowledge is beyond your documentation, beyond the written word, beyond video. It's really about understanding what everybody collectively brings to the table over time. And I think the over time part of it can be difficult to understand because like for DraftKings is a very young company to bring in a knowledge manager. Usually it's when you have a decade or more sure. of content where you're just in the in the weeds. So to bring it in to bring in a knowledge manager where they've been around for less than 10 years I believe. I believe they started in 2012. And it DraftKings we're we're growing exponentially but understanding where it started, what the landscape looked like, what one of the things that is a cultural touch point at DraftKings is NFL season. NFL is where Lots of people do lots of type of wagering on sports. It's where daily fantasy sports in the United States, that's where most of the action is. That's where people tend to think of for daily fantasy sports. And so ramping up for NFL, 
what that first NFL launch looked like uh, when DraftKings first launched the product. Things like if Gronk spikes a ball, is there a spike in our services? You know, can the server go down? How do you prepare for that? How do you remember that from year to year to year as we get larger? All of that is cultural knowledge over time that is aligned with technical knowledge over time, which then you also talking about hiring, you're talking about understanding of sports, enthusiasm for sports. There's a lot of different pieces that actually build the company that have nothing to do with the software products that have nothing to do with the bottom line, but all of it combined creates a company that hopefully is set up to just succeed throughout many more decades. You know, Patrick, I think you hit on a really important point. And, you know, in my career, I've seen a lot that there's almost a conflict in knowledge managers. Some say it's very much about culture and organizational development, and others say it's very much about technology, as you say, content management and search and tagging. And I think you just made a really cogent point that it's both. And at DraftKings, your role is about maintaining the knowledge of the how, of how to find something and how to do it, but also the the culture of, of building that culture and expressing that within the company. Did, did I get that right? Yeah. Yeah. And It varies from company to company. We are a sports entertainment company. And so while a lot of people come into the company who, like myself, might not know a lot about sports, Mm -hmm. there has to be enough understanding of sports players, what excites people who are going to work with our product. All of that has to be built into all of our systems, including down to documentation, release notes, technical manuals, all of that has that as an undercurrent. So it's both cultural and content-based. Excellent. Uh, that, that's really valuable. We, we talk about KM in terms of people, process, content, culture, and technology. And I think you just hit every single one of those elements through your definition and, and description. So great. That, that's really helpful. Thank you. You got lucky. You found a CKO that invited you to join the field. That was your kind of story as to how you joined. What advice would you give somebody who perhaps is at the beginning of their career or looking to make a career move and wants to get into the field of knowledge management? I think it depends largely on where you want to be a knowledge manager. If you want to join a law firm, and I would consider it almost more like a knowledge librarian slash knowledge manager or a large-scale consulting firm. I know that McKinsey and Bain are constantly looking for knowledge managers. Those are established practices that probably have a large knowledge management presence. So you will have a CKO or somebody in an executive-level position where they are setting some of the company's goals based on knowledge management goals. That's a really terrific place to come in. It can also be a little bit stagnant. And From my understanding and all of the knowledge managers that I've met who are kind of like the ragtag bunch of knowledge managers who who really don't know how we wound up here, that's not the norm. A lot of companies have a knowledge manager, whether or not they call them a knowledge manager. You might have content managers, you might have SharePoint administrators who are essentially taking the role of a knowledge manager. And a lot of times you are either a department of one or a singular position within another department. So you could be in training and development, you could be in documentation, you could be in IT. 
in my last position, I was in all three of those departments because they kept moving me depending on what the needs were of the company over the next year. So, you know, setting up ticketing system for IT was something that I did as a knowledge manager for the last two years at my last company, because that was based on what do we know about our customers? What can we anticipate their needs to be? What can we anticipate our IT professionals to understand? Whereas we had gotten the knowledge bases for our products pretty much under control. So Patrick, it sounds like uh, what you're really saying is that you need to be a jack of all trades, that you need to have a little IT, a little workflow, a little business process, uh, you know, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to be effective at KMs. Did I get that right? I believe so. And a lot of people, when they're looking up knowledge management, they'll discover that through a librarian program. So through an MLS in Boston, we have Simmons College or Simmons University now, where they have an excellent MLS program. And a lot of knowledge managers come out of that program. And it's a very specific scholarly approach to knowledge management. And I was just interviewed actually by three graduate students in the MLS program about DraftKings. They needed to talk to a knowledge manager who was close by. And they would ask me about certain theories of knowledge management. So when I was uh, talking about, say, the difference between tacit and explicit knowledge, they would say, oh, well, then obviously you're using, say, uh, Nonaka and Takeuchi. Is that the model that you're using? And while I've read a lot of that, I really could not tell you off the top of my head <laughs> which system I'm using. And I find that a lot of times, like on LinkedIn, let's say, there are a lot of knowledge management groups where it gets exceedingly academic. And I don't mean academic in that it's just all in the mind. It's very useful information, but it's easy to get lost in the idea that knowledge management is an esoteric, professorial, lectury type of approach to organizing materials. And you really have to know a lot of theory. You have to know a lot of modeling. And while having that background, I can see would probably set someone up really well for understanding how it works. I think that, yes, you absolutely have to be able to step in, especially if you're given a system where, oh, we're in Confluence, we're in SharePoint, we are in a, another third-party application that connects to our DAM and to our CRM, and someone can't log in, they'll come to the knowledge manager and say, my account doesn't work. And a lot of times, if you can't be nimble and flexible in that way, then you're not going to be seen as useful in a company. So right. I actually think this actually goes back to your point about the ebb and flow of KM. I think that some of the downturns of knowledge management have been because it was overly academic and not sufficiently focused on getting the job done, helping the business users accomplish their mission, helping the right people find the right stuff so they can get their job done. So yeah, that's a point really well taken. And there is a place for all of it, right? I mean, the academic elements of this are about study and about learning and about figuring out how to do things better over time, but you can't lose the business in good KM. That's a right. point very well taken. To close out, I, you know, I want to ask you, and this can be from your experience at DraftKings or otherwise, no, no names need to be named. What do you see as that big mistake that organizations are making that's preventing them from really doing effective KM? I think a lot of organizations, and this isn't just necessarily limited to KM, but I've seen it in a KM context a number of times, they will focus on a solution first. So with the technology field being as wide open as and as exciting as it really is right now, there's so much 
coming down the line that's already here in terms of AI, machine learning, mm-hmm. anticipatory workflows of information that companies will start with the solution and then work backwards to try to make the problems fit it. So I have been in companies that have invested tens of thousands of dollars in software that then I've been tasked with a team of people to figure out what does this software solve as a problem. So finding the content that would fit into it, finding the people who would work within that, finding the context in which they would utilize it. A lot of times it would say, I would have a conversation where they would say, this is an excellent content management system. And I would say, for who? Who's going to be our first audience? And that would be my task. And for me, I always think that the most important thing is to talk to the people who are working, especially the people who are working with the content uh, or working with the information. So the people who are talking to a lot of folks in your organization, if you looked at a um, relationship map, look at the people who are being centered around a lot of different elements in the organization and say, what drives you crazy when someone asks you a question? And those answers will lead you to the problems you need to solve. So, ah, Patrick, I love it. What drives you crazy is perhaps one of the greatest leading opening questions for gathering KM requirements I've ever heard. That's really good. And it's a very scary question to ask, especially asking people who aren't in positions of power in an organization, mm-hmm. because I think everybody gives a lot of lip service to the executive assistants and the IT professionals and the customer service people are the ones who know everything in an organization. But they're also the people who are least asked about how to improve the organization. And they're the ones that know all of the systems because they have to dip in and out of a lot of them in order to get their work done. And sure. And those are the folks in the trenches actually trying to capture the knowledge and manage the knowledge and ensure that it gets to the right people. So that's point really well taken. So Two big takeaways there. One is ask real questions. What's hard to do that's frustrating? What's driving you crazy? Get to those good answers from the right people and you have the beginning of a business case. And then secondly, and I love uh, your point here. Yeah, there's a lot of cool, exciting, sexy technology out there, but don't buy it for the sake of having the cool new toy. Get it because it's what your folks need to do their job, right? Yep. The only other thing that I tend to advise people when they're looking for systems is look for the least amount of system you can to solve the problem that you're trying to solve. The, the larger the system, the the more in trouble you're going to get. That's a that's a great agile point. Are you a, an agile person per chance? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I've been in a, a tech companies for the last 12 years. So yeah. I love it. You know, I find that I think the most effective KMers have a really solid foundation in agile. So I, I'm not surprised. Yep. Patrick, real pleasure. Patrick Cleary, Manager of Knowledge Management at DraftKings. Thank you for listening to this episode of KnowledgeCast. To check out more information on KM, visit our website at enterpriseknowledge.com. That's enterprise-knowledge.com. Thanks, everybody.